Hi, I'm Paola, and this is a Contemplative Revolution podcast brought to you by WCCM. In this episode, you're going to listen to the second talk of the series, Loving Her Work, with Angeline Chan, CEO, DP Architect. This is part of the Contemplative Path Through the Crisis program by WCCM. Noticed about you, seeing you uh, at work, and seeing also how your teams and the people you lead, how they uh, respond to you, and obviously respect uh, you as a leader, and I would say like you as a leader. Um, how has how has the meditation? over the last few years, but also maybe especially during this time of crisis where you, as you say, had to do some dip, make some difficult decisions, asking your employees to, to take a reduction in their salary and, uh, and dealing with many uncertainties about the future. How has meditation helped with the quality of leadership and, and the burden of leadership that, that you carry, which you, I think you carry very, very well, but how it, it isn't easy and it must be even more difficult now. How has meditation helped you with that? Um, I, I said earlier that I'm a beginner, I'm a novice, so I don't really feel, I don't know, qualified to talk about how meditation practice makes, uh, you know, makes better leaders or whether I change as a leader. But just let me say that I'm, I'm also but let me say that, you know, I'm only sharing this from my limited experience. Yeah. Um, I feel that everyone is a leader in their own right, no matter, you know, what work you do or what position you hold uh, in an organization. Um, I suppose you don't have to have a team of people taking instructions from you to be a leader. You can quietly go about your own business and still lead by example through your actions. And, um, very often we use external yardsticks as a way to measure success. You know? And these yardsticks, I guess, have become socially accepted standards of the business world and they seep into our consciousness. And as we pursue our professional goals, um, I suppose they become part of how, we, how success is measured by others as well. But since becoming a regular meditator, my idea of professional success is grounded more on how well I can align my personal inner value system with the business decisions I take on behalf of the organization. I mean, how I can bring aspects of spirituality like caring, empathy, and inclusiveness into what is essentially a secular professional environment. And I mean that in terms of my actions, not so much to change the organization's values to align my own, um, but you know, through my actions. So and as, as a business leader, my, my goal is really to create an open, inclusive and supportive environment where the culture is one of caring and nourishing and where everyone is happy and free to be creative. And I'm more conscientious in relying on my my own moral intuition to make decisions on behalf of the company. Um, I now 
consider firstly and more carefully than before the implications of my actions or the board's actions on the well-being and the happiness of our, you know of our people. Not that that wasn't a consideration before, because we all know that happy people equal productive people. But um, but when you have to apply economic reasoning, especially when especially you know after. Um, because you know, architecture is after all business, and especially during times like this when the economy is in crisis, it, it can become a struggle to find the balance in protecting the company or saving every single livelihood, which in turn depends on the survival of the company as well. And the struggle for me has always been that I do not like to disappoint. Mm. Uh, and I've also accepted that within a big company, some someone is bound to be disappointed with any decision that we make. And meditation has given me the peace to accept that, to accept that I'm doing my best. And it has also given me the faith that the results of the decisions will help everyone understand the necessity of those decisions. Mm. So, so basically, Meditation helps me to constantly remind myself not to lose sight of the values that are truly important to me and to the office. And this to me is how I see it has shaped my work as a leader. Mm. You know, as a long, long, long answer to your question. And I also find that at a time like this, when we're dealing with uncertainties or experiencing anxieties, things can get you know, rather heated up sometimes, you know, in boardrooms and conversations. And, you know, I have found myself in tense rooms before or in the midst of heated confrontation. And, um, and as a leader, I sometimes will have to step in and take control so that things don't escalate. And, and meditation somehow has given me the awareness of rising emotions in myself and in others and, and to help you know, slow them down and, and to slow down my own um, fight or flight response as well. Mm. I, I seem to be able to mentally step outside the situation and then let silence take over momentarily uh, before I step back in with calmness and understanding to diffuse and escalate the situation. And I find that uh, very useful. Mm. And, and so your question about being leaders, I also believe absolutely that a leader who meditates leads with more compassion and empathy. And this is how I would like to lead. You know? And I see qualities in long-time practitioners, and I see how meditation has helped them to really lead with more compassion and empathy and to help them transcend their ego as well. And I hope to get there one day. Thank you. Um, you spoke earlier about recognizing the benefits of meditation. And as you know, when we, when we as a community teach meditation in a secular environment, we make a distinction between the benefits and the fruits and the benefits of things that you can measure or, you know, have a sort of a, a immediate psychological or physical or, um, advantage or influence beneficial influence, but then the fruits of meditation are more difficult to, to measure. But I think you were, you were also describing the, and, and uh, the, these, these qualities 
that emerge as and you use the word spirituality and in leadership you you wanted to and you want to um, keep the spiritual dimension open but you lead a, a, a very um, diverse uh, cultural team and everybody feels at home with the way you've you've talked about meditation to them and you, you and some leaders are, are frightened to tell their teams or their employees that they meditate because they're just nervous about it but you've been very open yeah. about it but also yeah. it seems to me they haven't felt threatened and uh, if they if they may come to a, a, a talk on meditation that you've arranged, um, or they may not come, but they feel completely free to do it. And many of them, of course, had uh, started to meditate, um, not because you told them to, but because um, it was the right time for them, and they, maybe you also gave them an example that they could uh, they could follow. So, how do, how would you how would you describe the way in which the gift of meditation in you, for you personally has been something you could share or, or release maybe into your work environment because many leaders are very nervous about that very mm -hmm. nervous about it because they they're frightened that um, they're going to be criticized or, or laughed at or whatever and yeah. How, how, how would you describe the way you've done it? Maybe let me go back to, you know, 2016 when I first started. And, uh, uh, and, and truly, that was the first time uh, when I att attended your course. Uh, it was the first time that I was introduced to meditation. I've heard all about it. I, I know that people sit there, close their eyes, and, you know, and I really don't know what it's all about. So... Attending your, your course in 2016 was absolutely the first time that I was introduced to it. And I practiced it for the next 10 months or so, and I absolutely, absolutely found all that wonderful benefits that we spoke about earlier, the fruits of meditation, how it has helped me day to day. And, you know, and if you have received such a wonderful gift, I can't imagine why one would not share it with everyone, you know, that that surrounds you. So obviously in the office, in Singapore, we have 800 people in the office. And I really wanted to share this wonderful gift that I've just received with everyone. So remember in uh, January 2017, uh, thank you, Father Lawrence, for holding the uh, four sessions of a workshop over three weeks. And I was um, quite delighted that we had 150 participants, if you remember. Um, but mind you, having said that, there's 800 in the office and only 150 uh, attended. Is that, a, is that a good number? 150 out of 800, is that a good number? But I think what's wonderful is that the 150 stayed for all four workshops in, yeah. you know, over three weeks. And, 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 and they still, you know, practice it. Um, and... And what's, I think what's nice too is that after the workshops ended, uh, we immediately organized a, a group at your advice. We start at 8.35 a.m. in the morning for 20, 20 minutes, ending at 8.55. And then we have a short chat and then you know, work starts at 9 o'clock. 
And in the first few weeks, Fox um, Song or Peter very kindly uh, came uh, every Wednesday for a few weeks to help us out, uh, to answer questions and to give pointers to um, those that are new to the practice and to kind of help us uh, get along. And that, that, really, that really worked. And like you said, what is nice is that um, not everyone is a Christian. Uh, you know, the, amongst the group, there were Buddhists and uh, Muslims. And uh, so it doesn't matter whether, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what their spiritual background was. They were all embracing it, and, and which, was, uh, which was nice. And it was also nice that last month, at the start of COVID, we had the meditation session with you over Zoom. And um, that one was um, a few hundred people as well. Uh, was it uh, 300 over people? And, I, and that, because it was over Zoom, um, all 16 officers dialed in from London to Shanghai. And again, we had you know, people of all religion and races. And, and so that was, that was nice. And to your question as to whether I was nervous in introducing this to the office, you know, I never forced it upon anyone. It was just an open invitation. And I, I explained to them the benefits that I was receiving. And I think people were just curious about it. And once they got to know it, um, it they found they were they found the benefits for themselves. They were gaining from it, and you know they they, they embraced it in their own right. And 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 I found that over the few years, when I share meditation with people, and because it's such a personal practice, um, I I try not to be too pushy, because um, the ones that are indifferent don't really want to hear about it anyway, and the ones that are. Uh, suspicious or they see as a religious preaching or brainwashing, they will, they will stop me immediately. Um, and, and, and also there are some people that worry that meditation will make them lose their edge or put up the fire in their belly that they see as the reason for their success. And they will tell, they will tell me or they will, you know, that sorry, they don't need it. So I, I try to make a point not to be pushing. I mean, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't you know, make it drink. Um, so the meditation-related activities in our office are really just invitations, open for anyone who wants to join. And I, I basically just share with them uh, how I feel and how it has changed my life. And very nicely that um, just last week, one of uh, the lead, uh, uh, a team was asking me whether, because they've heard how you meditate, Father Lawrence, and you've given a talk to them. I have actually never told my, my office how I meditate or they've heard, you know, me talk about it in talks or I've written about it, but I've never really spoken about it in, in a personal manner. And so they were asking me whether I could, I could speak to everyone and tell them how I do it and why I do it. And I think I will because it could, it's probably the next uh, level of growth for the people in the office, and if I can encourage more of them to do it just because I benefit from it, I feel that it might be useful. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can subscribe to the Contemplative Revolution podcast and listen to your favorite podcast app. In the media section of the WCCM website, 
www.wccn.org. You can also find a large amount of video and audio content on meditation. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.